This is the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, July 20th. Stays and a 2-1 pitch, a fly ball, left field hit pretty well. That'll send Kelmick back, track wall, and that ball is gone! Home run, Alex Kirilov to left field. His seventh home run, his third over his last four games, and there's a huge ninth inning insurance swing, and the Twins have a 6-3 lead here in the ninth inning. Yeah, those Twins, they win again, getting a 6-3 dub over the M's. Yesterday in Seattle, the Twins will try and win three of four against the Mariners on the road and try and get a 6-1 and one road trip. At the very least, even going 5-2 and two is a pretty successful run. And considering where the Twins were at pre-All-Star break, the last time they were at Target Field, the Twins got swept by the Orioles. Their pitching staff got shelled. Their hitters couldn't hit. And basically, it was pretty low feeling for the team heading into the midseason point. And then they've turned things around. They've hit well. They swept Oakland, which they should have done. Uh, but also, they have I talked about this yesterday. They've just been putting together good at-bats. The offense isn't just scoring runs. Like, there's a process, and that process is working. Like, they're making pitchers work. They're making them throw a ton of pitches, get tired, leave mistakes out over the plate. And they do that by fighting off pitches. And the Twins have had a horrible two-strike approach for most of the season. But over the last few games, and again, we're, I don't want to judge a handful of games and say that's how it's going to be the rest of the way out. But the reason why they're succeeding now is because those same hitters that struggle with two strikes are the same ones who are now fighting off pitches and making their pitchers making the opposing pitcher work. So that way, they will leave a mistake over the plate at some point. And it puts uh, less stress on your own pitching and keeps them from having to be mistake-free the entire game. I mean, Kenta Maeda was rolling through six-plus innings, got taken out, and then Griffin Jacks comes in and gives up his first home run of the season. It happens. It happens. Like, Kenta got pulled at the right time. Griffin Jacks was the right decision. Sometimes the other team just makes a play, and that's what happens. But the Twins were still tied up at three, and they were able to score three more runs in the finals in the second half of the game to be able to just put him over the top. And kept and uh, that Kirilov home run, by the way, gave them enough of a cushion when Duran came in and there was two on and one out. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Two on, one out, ground ball. Correa makes a fielder's choice to get two outs. You have runners on second and third. That could have been the potential tying and go-ahead runs, and you got to think about it a little more, and maybe you got to try and turn two. No, you can just... Get outs because you have insurance runs. You have a cushion. And that's something that the Twins pitching hasn't gotten to deal with a lot this year. So props to Kirilov. He all of a sudden has found a power stroke, hitting three of his six home runs on the season in the last four days. So good for Alex Kirilov. And uh, by the way, not just Kirilov has been hitting the ball really well. Let's talk about another left-handed hitter who's starting to mash. Here's 1-1. One, one. So I got crushed into right field. Hernandez back, looks up, and gone. Eddie Julian, ninth of the year, and the Twins on top now 2-0. Ed Julian has continued to hit his average, climbing to about 310 on the season. He has an OPS on base plus slugging, is what they call it, uh, of over 1,000, which is a really, really good number, considering league average is like 750. 
So he's been mashing the ball as of late. And we talk about a guy with an approach. Julian is the guy who's been working counts, taking good swings. His bat speed is really good. He's just been doing it all. His glove stinks. But he can, uh, as Carlos Correa uh, said in an athletic article uh, back in spring training, he said, my God, this kid can hit. And we're finally seeing it. And by the way, you know, the sting of losing a rise, obviously you lose a good player. You lose a guy who's going to be the batting champ in the National League. His average has dipped 30 points in the last four weeks. I mean, it's like 370-something, so it's nothing to scoff at by any means. But the point is, is that the Twins felt comfortable getting rid of a rise because they knew they had a guy like Julian ready to take his spot. They had some guys like Kirilov who were ready to take his spot. Left-handed hitting first baseman. Julian, left-handed hitting second baseman. Uh, they're, again, not. I would love a rise in a Twins uniform, but this, it's, it's okay. Like We got a guy who can take on that production and a guy who's hitting really well and uh, doing everything. So that's really fun to see. And something that, uh, you know, we've, uh, me and Corey, mainly me, have uh, not been huge Max Kepler fans this season, but credit where credit is due, the guy's mashing. Kepler hits that ball well to center field. Long run, Rodriguez. He'll back to the track, look up. That one's gone. So Kepler, straightaway center field, his 14th of the year, and the Twins lead 3 to nothing. Yeah, Max Kepler. He had a home run last night. He had a home run and a double and another double over the last couple ball games, the first two of the series. So he's been swinging a hot bat. Uh, I, I I got nothing. Max Kepler will do that. He'll go on hot stretches, and right now we're in the middle of one. And I don't know how sustainable it is. Kepler might go back down to being very unproductive. He might continue to be really productive. Right now, he's a league average player, and what league average players do is they get hot, they get cold, they get hot, they get cold, Uh, but we'll see. Maybe Max Kepler has found something in the second half of the season, and if he did, that'd be a very intriguing development, let's just say. The Twins are putting themselves in good position here, and you know, there was something at the trade deadline that Derek Falvey said uh, or right before the All-Star break, concerning the trade deadline. And somebody said, you know, what's your thought about, you know, getting more bats to this lineup because the Twins' offense was in the middle of another slump. And he said, you know, honestly, we could add a hitter or two here and there, but unless our core guys, you know, the Correas, the Buxtons of the world start hitting, and by extension, Kirilov and Julian and now Kepler, you know, if we don't have our main guys who we were counting on this season to hit start hitting then it doesn't really matter if we bring in one more bat because it's not really going to move the needle that much. And that's true. And now when you see that Correa's been hitting well, when you see Julian and Kirilov and Kepler and Jeffers had a big RBI yesterday, when you see everybody kind of start to chip in like that, then that makes the front office go, okay, like now, like I mean, they were going to add a bat or two anyways, but now it feels more like icing on the cake than, oh my gosh, I hope this guy can catch fire because everybody else in our offense stinks. So again, this all can change. The Twins have put together a good series against a, a bad Oakland team, and they've put together a good series against Seattle. And splitting, as I said on Monday, is perfectly acceptable. But since you're in position to get the 3-1 series win, you might as well do it, especially when you're going to go home and play the Chicago White Sox, who are struggling as of late, to say the least. 
might as well go for the opportunity and win a road series. And you already have a winning road trip, but again, go for that icing on the cake. Let's see what happens tonight. Pablo Lopez back on the mound for your Minnesota Twins. So uh, one last thing I want to talk about. Again, the approach with the hitters has been much, much better. Uh, there's just a couple of Rocco Baldelli quotes I want to play for you. One, uh, talking about uh, talking about just the overall play of Max Kepler and how he f- Rocco feels it's helped the team. It's something that we've, we've talked about with him, both team-wise and for his own career and things like that. He's a great athlete. He's capable um, he's, he's, he's capable of being an explosive athlete. We see it in right field a lot, but um, uh, he's taking to some of the encouragement that we're giving him to um, force some action on the bases, too, because uh, he doesn't have to be a conservative base runner. He can be an aggressive base runner at times. Yeah, that's Rocco talking about Kepler's base running ability. He scored the go-ahead run in the uh top of the seventh inning on a pass ball because he was aggressive going from first to third on a single by Castro. Uh, Kepler, again, ripped on the guy all season, uh, deserved a lot of it, uh, but now he doesn't. He deserves some praise because he's done pretty well. And again, it's only been a short time here. It's only been a six-game stretch, but hopefully this is a sign of things going in the right direction and not just a little blip in the radar because the Twins have been known to do that before too. Uh, but here's Rocco talking about the Twins' offense and just everything they've been doing in terms of taking good at-bats. We had excellent at-bats. That's what an actual good, solid day at the plate looks like against a pitcher like Castillo over there. And um, we you know, we popped some balls and, and had a lot of deep counts. Uh, and then to lose the lead, yes, it, it's... You know, it's an emotional drop in some ways, but uh, to come to come right back and face a, you know, they have good relievers. Their relievers are super, you know, they're tough. And uh, to have those really good at-bats and to force another run through by just, you know, keep making them make pitches, keep having good at-bats, and, and we did that uh, to get the lead back. Um, that, was, that was really big. Rocco there talking about his team. Twins again going to try and win the series in Seattle tonight. So let's talk about the most recent episode I watched of quarterback, uh, watched episode six yesterday. Uh, and that one, uh, episode six kind of, and every episode has a theme here. So like one theme is roller coaster. One theme is under pressure, uh, and under pressure was the name of episode six, which I watched last night. And again, we've been going by these day by day. There's eight episodes, so we'll talk about episode seven tomorrow. And then when Corey comes back, we'll kind of wrap the, we'll put a bow on the show and talk about everything and and whatnot. But this episode is called Under Pressure, and it talks about, uh, again, uh, Kirk Cousins. It talks about the things that he does. Uh, they kind of bring up the the chains bit with the Kirk Cousins on the plane and uh, just kind of uh, that aspect of it. And it also talks about the Vikings having the greatest comeback in NFL history. They kind of go over the Colts game and they go over what Kirk Cousins was thinking. And it's really interesting to see some of this behind the curtain stuff uh, because you know after remember in that game Kirk Cousins threw a bad interception. Uh, in the first half of that game when the Vikings got down 33 to nothing or 34 to nothing, whatever it was. And everybody at the time, you know, could say, oh, what was Kirk doing? And then you look on the tape and you see, oh, yeah, like the wide receiver 
ran a horrible route. Like, Kirk Cousins needed him to be in this spot to be open, and he wasn't. And that's where the play should have gone. Like, that's the entire shtick. And you get to see him be frustrated of, like, he's not, like... And it's not like he's yelling at him. He's not going to the sideline to yell at him. But he's sitting there like, man, you you got to be there. You got We got to do this thing right. And uh, just talk. And it's interesting. The, the main thing, too, is to get to hear Kevin O'Connell talk about managing Kirk Cousins because he says when Kirk gets frustrated, he's like, you can't really start over coaching him. When he starts just going off about how he's frustrated, you can't, like, sit there and immediately start going, okay, do this, 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 and that, and try and do this. Like, you got to let him kind of go through it for a second. You got to let him take a breath and then go over to him and then be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. And it's really interesting to see that relationship and see sometimes how, uh, like Kirk says, he's got to yell to the sideline sometimes and O'Connell can just talk calmly right into his headset. So Kirk sometimes is like an 11 and O'Connell has to look at Kirk and be like, hey man, you got to bring it down to like a six here. You're you're going a little intense. Like there are a couple times in the documentary where O'Connell's just had to look at Kirk and say, hey man, take a breath. We're okay, which again is the two different natures. Like Kirk's a little more high strung and O'Connell's a little more laid back. It's kind of like that helps balance each other out. Uh, It's been really fascinating to kind of see that development. So when the Vikings got down early, uh, O'Connell said, just kind of like, hey, put one play after another, just do your thing. You know, don't get frustrated. And Kirk's like, I'm, he's like, I'm getting frustrated. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. We're down 33 to nothing. The guard keeps stepping on my foot and I keep falling over. Uh, it's not an, uh, not an ideal situation, uh, but they were able to do it. And it's one, just really fun to relive that. Cause was that game fun to watch live? And it's a lot more fun to watch now knowing that all the pressure is off. Cause you know how that game ends up, but uh roller coaster is the, uh, roller coaster under pressure. The last couple episodes and quarterback kind of talking about that up and down nature. And especially with the way the Vikings played last season. So that's my review of episode six. We'll talk about episode seven tomorrow, and that one talks about the playoff game and the loss and Kirk Cousins' thoughts on it afterward. And I thought Kirk Cousins uh, had a very interesting clip after the game and the things that he said. There was this clip that's been making the rounds on social media of the car ride with his wife after the game, and they're both processing it. Uh, we'll have to play some of that tomorrow during the morning sports desk, so say, stay tuned for that. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, July 20th.